ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prince Podcast here on podcastjuice.com, the new home. Welcome to everybody from freedomtrainonline.com. Same people, just new address. And uh, let's just get things started. We waste a lot of time listening to the podcast that we talk about the artist Prince. Um, we've you know done a lot of album reviews, which we'll probably re- be revisiting uh, soon here in a whole different way. Uh, talk about the concerts and all that good stuff. And why do we do it? Why? Because the, the guy is uh, a legend. He uh, is definitely worthy of uh, discussion, praise, and, and, and respect. And uh, it's about the music. The music is exceptional. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, you know, I've been on this earth 42 years, and a lot of my time has been spent with this music playing in the background of my life. So uh, I love it. Hopefully you love it, too. Now, without further ado, our other guest today hosts with me, Mr. Big Sexy and Sack. How are you, sir? I'm well. It is a nice, cool Saturday morning, and I am getting my lounge on, ready to get into this. All right. And, of course, I'm also joined by Mr. Q Storm. How are you, sir? I'm doing very good. Happy Bastille Day, everyone. Today's my son's birthday, so we're going to do this Prince podcast. I'm going to get into a party. It's all good. All right. And of course, my name is Michael Dean. And uh, today's topic, um, it's been almost uh, two years since the last Prince album. Uh, and actually, probably a little longer uh, if you go by the last album that was released uh, here in the United States. Um, and it's been, it's a pretty long break in terms of Prince uh, and where he's at in his career. And, uh, you know, we need that new music, but we're also at a time in music where the album itself, that whole concept of an album um, is kind of diminished a little bit. Um, it's almost as if we've gone back to, you know, maybe in the 50s where everything was about singles. And, and you know, always, you always put out a, a nice hit song. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about Prince um, albums. Is, should he come back and do a new album? Uh, we haven't heard too many new songs. You hear something here every now and then, but uh, just wanted to kind of catch up and see where we're at with this and where is Prince? Obviously, he does his concerts uh, continuously. I, the last time I saw Prince in concert was back in December of last year, 2011, um, but still no new album, no even announcement of a new album. Uh, the last thing that I heard with Prince uh, recently, he uh, has severed ties with, uh, I think, Universal Music in terms of handling his uh, publishing. Uh, oh. So that's uh, interesting. Um, so, Mr. Q-Storm with the mic, with the mic noise. I mean, uh, Big Sexy and Sack. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about Prince and uh, a new album? Do you want to hear a new album from him? And if so, do you think uh, an album is a wise choice uh, in today's climate? You know, today's climate is just for lack of a better phrase, just flat out wrong. You know, you always want to hear new music from people who are very creative and have done it and have such a track record for producing great music. Now, I read some articles recently about D'Angelo, how his new music and new style are not getting over with people. But you know what? People need to wake the fuck up. You know, you can't expect a person to do the same one or two things over and over and over and over. They, as an artist, have to grow. I remember reading an article years ago uh, from David Bowie where he said, you know what, I'm not doing Ziggy Stardust anymore. You don't like it, don't come. And that's how it has to be. An artist has to develop, challenge his, his group of fans, and if the fans are with it, great. If not, then they'll change something else. 
But nowadays, everything is about the one song and the remix of that song, and it's just, it's it's really stagnant. And the record buying public has gotten so segmented because of things like iTunes and cloud and all that. There's no cohesive unit of music released anymore, and I think that's a disservice to the fans and the artists. I would like to see a new album. All right. Q-Storm, what's your take? Well, obviously, I'm a fan of Prince, so I would like to see a new album, but um, whether or not he should release one, I, I don't know if it's um, high on his priority right now. Um, I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard a peep about Prince since the last tour he did, and... Um, I don't know if it's a case where he's just not willing to adapt to the to the business model that exists today, that he's still not willing to um, put his music, his catalog up on iTunes. He's not willing to go the internet route. I'm not sure. But um, I just don't know if he feels pressed to do it. Maybe he feels he's made his money and he's just going to tour. But whether he should put out an album, I guess that all depends on him. I would love to hear one, but it just doesn't seem like it's high on his list. It's been, like you said, two years since his last release, and that wasn't even uh, released in, in the States. So it, he doesn't seem to be stressed. So uh, I'd love to hear a new one, though. All right. Um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Now, me as a, you know, I'm a hardcore Prince fan. I want to hear new music. Like, you know, a lot of his career was always about the next release and, you know, you didn't know it was coming, and all of a sudden, here's something new, and you got this new music, and you got to digest that and the whole thing. Um, that hasn't happened in quite a bit, I will admit. Uh, I start to kind of wonder, like what you said, Q, is I wonder, does he even, like, feel like that's his top priority in, in his mind? Uh, like, I even wonder if he's actually, like, actively still recording music, you know, all the time. Or, and maybe he isn't. And, and you know, I, I would say that, hey, maybe the guy has put in so much work, he can take a break. Like, you know, he probably, I would imagine maybe he's just like other interests in life finally. Like, you know what, okay, I don't have to live in the studio. I can go do a tour. I can just go live, you know, and do other things. Um, so, and, and I guess the guy, he does, I'm not saying I guess, he does deserve that. <laughs> like me as a greedy fan, I still just like, I want to get that new music. I want that new uh, injection of, of, of what's going on in this guy's head because it's always fascinating. Always got something uh, very interesting to, to, to give to the table. Um, I wonder though if his uh, if he was to do an album, you know, you know, Prince's albums are always big deals, and I feel like he's kind of already done all of the different uh, tricks and somewhat gimmick things in the last few years. I don't know what else. What would be the selling point, I guess, of this new one? He's done the free thing. He's done the free at the concerts, done the free in the magazine, newspaper. Uh, you know, he's done the change the name thing, and then he's done the, you know, independent route sort of thing. And I'm like, I don't know what would be like the next sort of thing that he could do that they would kind of like, this is the selling point of it uh, sort of thing. He's done all the deals you can do. You know, I think he's been through so many different labels in the last few years. Um, I, what else is there left to do? other than to just release the damn music. And I think that's what maybe, I just want him to just do that. Like, it doesn't have to be this whole, you know, super ingenious marketing plan. It could just be like, you know what? My name is Prince, and I do music. And like, here you go. Um, uh, so I want the music. I don't even care how it does in the market. Like, it could tank. It doesn't matter to me. 
it could sell a thousand copies great but as long as he can still put that music i think that he has enough fans that just want to be serviced the the music you know what i mean like um regardless if it's the number one album of the week or any of that sort of stuff which i think that some degree for prince obviously that's a big deal uh and the big check obviously would be a big deal as well which you know rightfully so i can understand that um so yeah i I definitely want to see the music uh albums do they matter for me at 42 they probably don't matter as much because i'm not at the record store well there are no record stores unless you want to go to target or walmart uh I'm I'm a wall, I'm an iTunes, Google Play, Amazon guy. Uh, the only albums I buy at this point are older albums that I don't have anymore on CD. Um, like I just bought Rashawn Patterson's first album the other day. Uh, I don't know what I spent nine dollars, MP3 downloads, boop boop, done. Um, in terms of newer stuff, only person I can imagine myself going to buy at this point would probably be D'Angelo if he was to come out with something new. And to me, he's in the same sort of category in the sense where you know he hasn't had an album in 12 years, or maybe even longer, right? And he's only ever had two albums, or three if you count the live album. Uh, and he's coming back now. And he's coming back in a totally different music business right now, right? Like, it's nowhere near what it was when he dropped his second one. Um, and you can see the reception that he's kind of sort of gotten. Uh, you know, he's not the same guy he was back then. So I don't know, man. I'm curious to see. I just want new music. You know, what the one I, I'll ask this question: um, Would you rather Prince put out a album of new music, or would you be just as happy if he said, "You know what? I've got over 30 years of material. Why don't I just grab some joints, you know, jams off the shelf, and package that as a record? Like, here you go. Here, here you go. Here's the new stuff." even though it's older songs. Q-Storm, would that be cool for you? That's a very easy question for me to answer. And I'll tell you what, I say this before, I said it again, this is just my opinion. Ever since he came up with Emancipation back in 94, I believe, which is an album that I've learned to love, Prince has never not been the same. Uh, the closest he's come for me has been the 2010 album and the third CD on the Lotus Flower album. Hands down, I would prefer he release some of the old stuff because it's going to put me back in that old 80s Prince vibe, which is when I think his music had the most impact on me. Um, but if I may, I want to go back real quick and say, you know, when you were talking about what's the new thing that Prince can do to make himself marketable again, or you, you alluded to that, something to that nature, what's the new thing that he could do? I don't think Prince has even yet utilize the full power of the internet. He still doesn't seem to comprehend how that works. As, as an example, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Terrence Trent Darby, who was uh, likened to Prince to a certain degree back in the 80s. You know, he has a Facebook page. I like him on my Facebook page. And every so often, he'll, he'll allow me to download, a, um, he'll put out a catalog of music that he's been working on in the studio. And then you can go to his site and download the, uh, download the full album if you want. So I don't know if Terrence Trent Darby is still popular. I know he exists, and I'm a fan. So I think the hardcore fans uh, will are, are availing themselves of that. Why can't Prince get his act together and do that as well and keep himself at least in the know? Madonna's still out there, man. You know, these, his contemporaries 
are still out there making noise. And well, and, and let me throw this argument and, and Prince's legal. You know, I mean, let me be the general counsel for MPG. <laughs> uh, Prince has perms, like he has clothes and stuff. He, has, he got bills. Like, how does Terrence and Darby make money doing what you just did? What you said? Well, I mean, I can't really. I'm not going to. I'm not in a position to debate you on that. I would. My. I could be wrong. I have no proof of this, but I got to think that. Prince has made some bank over the years, and I'm saying he should sell his music online. Oh, okay. okay. I know, and, and what I'm saying with TTD is that he gives every so often, like once a month, I get like maybe five samples of tracks, and then if I want to go buy the the album, I can go to Facebook or I'm sorry, to his page, his site, and download the tracks. For, okay. I mean, for a price. Okay. Okay. But Prince did that though with the MPG Music Club. Right. Well, I mean, why did I guess? And this is where my ignorance of his, of his uh, marketing plans is uh, apparent. Why did he stop? That I can't answer. But you know, my only nitpick complaint with the Music Club was he would go back and re-edit some of the uh, you know more offensive words out of old performances. Ah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I loved it. See, I've always understood Prince to be, and a lot of this came from the two books that you guys recommended, which were great books, and from listening to the podcast myself, but Prince is very mercurial. If he loses interest, he just drops the whole thing and moves on. Maybe that's part of it. And that may be a lot of it, you know, but I guess, uh, you know, going back to the original thing, you know, I wanted to get your opinion, Big Sexy. If, what would you, would you be just as happy taking a, a new album of older material, or would you want an album of new stuff? You know, again, you know, like I, like I mentioned a minute ago, if he wants to go to the to the vault and you know take out some things that he wanted to release and just didn't, and they're in their original condition, great, I'm all for it. But if he's going to take something and like re-record it or re-edit it, like when he did the 1999, the new master, yeah, you can keep that. No, because to me, an album is like a it's like a picture. You know, it's a snapshot of where you were at that time. And to go back and re-edit something now, you know, years after the fact when you did it originally, just just dilutes the whole purpose of the entire uh, of the entire project. But if he's got things that he wants to release with disclaimer saying, you know what, look, back in the day, my head was in this space. If you're offended, don't buy it. I'd be all for that. I'd be all over that. But if you came out with something brand new as well, I'm over that too. Let's just get into it. Let's get the music out there because that's what you do. You know, touring with no album makes no sense to me. Back when he released the Symbol album, you know, the first half of the show was all the new album. It made people, you know, get into the music, which was something that I thought was great and isn't done anymore. Right? So to answer your question, I'd be happy either way. Okay. He brought up a point, you know, interesting thing, uh, the, the tours. You know, I, th I think at this point in his career, Prince is kind of at the stage where he's, you know, the celebratory legend artist sort of guy. So the tours with no new albums, you know, I think that's just a, that's just a standard for him right now. I think going forward that we have to just come to grips with because, again, he's not rushing to put out new albums. And even when he does do new albums he still does not tour on those albums right like his last few albums 
he was, always was torn, but you know, barely play a lick of songs from any of the, those new albums. And I don't think that's, he's just not in that sort of realm anymore. He's on that, I'm gonna tour off the base of the work I've done, you know, over the last 30 years, come out and see me, and you know, I'm gonna play those songs that you know of me, and you'll have a good time. You know, I don't think he's there to like, he's not there to, I don't know, not there to challenge you in terms of like, I'm gonna play some stuff that you don't know, and you're just gonna be into it because of me. And I don't really think that he's in, I don't think he's, uh, this is gonna sound weird, I don't think he's really at a place where he can do that right now, if he's gonna play arenas. Yeah. If yeah. he wants to play the smaller places, then yeah, he can do play the new stuff, and it's gonna be a smaller audience of just core people, and you can do that. But I think when you have these bigger shows where it's you know, mainstream concerts that he's doing basically, you know, it's not going to work. Um, people will be kind of offended, which, you know, and I, when I bring him up again because he's in the same position right now, like a D'Angelo, like he just did the Essence Festival. And I think his audience that went to go see that, they want to see, you know, they want to hear Brown Sugar, uh, you know, they want to see Untitled and all that stuff. And if he's doing some new stuff, that's not the place to do that because it's a mainstream show. And they're not core fans. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want to sit there and hear you play something they don't know. They want to know. They want to hear that, you know, brown sugar and all that, what they know. And if you do anything other than that, and that sort of mainstream area, it's not going to work. You know, they're going to be like, ah, oh, we ain't coming to see this. And, and that audience is going to let you know, you know, they ain't, they ain't happy. <laughs> and if, depending on the type of performer you are, that could mess with you. Um, and I think Prince knows his audience very well. He knows when I go do these shows, concerts, they, these people coming to hear the hits. You know, uh, these young people who come to hear, they're coming to hear the songs that their parents used to play and that they kind of heard of me. And now they get to actually kind of get to see it a little bit. You know, so for him to stop and play, uh, you know, Question of You or something like that, which he may throw in there, that's, they're not going to know that. You know, and it's going to stop the flow of the show. From a business model, you know, to steal Hugh's phrase, you think it would be feasible for him to for him to do like a smaller club tour, make the ticket prices higher, that way only the core fans are gonna be there and then he can just bust out with the question of you and stuff that we don't know. You know, things of that nature instead of just saying, you know what, let me just go ahead and do the hits and do like a little medley of the hits, which I hate when he does that, by the way. I don't want to hear like four bars or something. I want to hear an old damn song, but I digress. So if he did something like that, made the ticket prices a, you know, a little more higher, not a little more higher, bad English, a lot higher, and that would weed out all the casual knuckleheads, but all the core fans would go and say, you know what, I know what I'm going to go for, I know what I'm going to hear, and I'm going to hear all the different stuff that I don't hear live before. What do you think about that? I think it would be cool, but I, I, just, I don't think he's in that stage of his career anymore. That, to me, that'd be like, again, taking any one of these legendary groups and expecting them to do a very small show. It'd be very rare for the Rolling Stones to do something like that. It'd be very rare for Madonna to do something like that. Now, Janet did something like that her last tour, I believe. You could argue, you could argue whether she was kind of forced to do that because the ticket sales were there for the arena shows. But in terms of these legendary rock acts, they're probably more than likely going to continue to do the big mainstream, you know, a uh, couple million do dollar, you know, 50 billion million dollar tour as opposed to a smaller 
you know, 10,000, 5,000 seated place. So I know I, I would love it, but again, I don't think that he's really, I don't think he's there. He's not going to do that right now. I mean, he might do it. He might do the, the Vegas thing. You know, that was kind of like that sort of thing like that. I'm sure he got paid big for that, but I think he's just at that. He's at that stage where like Madonna, uh, you know, the stones, um, even Bon Jovi, these 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 classic groups, they they're just gonna continue to do the arena shows and they're gonna get the big money, and you know it's just like I said, a celebratory. Oh, remember the '80s? You know, yeah, this you know what I mean. Like that's just where they're at right now. Um, Can I ask a question? No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <of course>. <laughs> <laughs> just try to be polite. No, just um, <laughs> this this is maybe off the cuff, but. Uh, I was just thinking while, while you guys were uh, going back and forth about that issue. Do you think Prince has any um, any clout? Or, well, I know I doubt he does, but do you think he has any inroads into possibly revitalizing any semblance of a film career? Maybe marketing himself that way, the new thing that way? Film career in what sense? Like as a dramatic actor or like concert film? No, as, a, as an actor. Maybe doing like a small indie or something like that or maybe trying to Maybe that's the new thing for him. Maybe be, be, uh, acting in a in a small budget film or something like that, getting some credit that way. <laughs> I can't see that happening. He, he's I hate the phrase, but he's too much of a control freak to do that. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I would say though, I would love to see him be in a movie, like yeah. just playing a character. And so I think he's I think I think he could do it, but I don't know if that's something you know uh, would be realistically cool. would happen, but. If he did a movie, I believe the best example that I've seen recently in, in years was Wesley Snipes when he was in Waiting the Exhale and he was unbuilt. No one knew until he was on the camera. Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. That would be cool. I mean, yeah, he could do it. I mean, you know, to me it'd be just like, uh, and you could take any anybody who's known, who has a prior thing, and you put them in something that would be kind of, out of out of the way of what they're doing it would be a surprise and particularly obviously prince has the experience to uh, you see him in under cherry moon and even you know purple rain obviously he can act or he has a personality definitely you know i mean he's on stage all the time so he definitely knows how to act he knows how to turn it on um would that ever happen i don't know you know it's I, it, to me it would be great if somebody like a spike lee or you know, uh, even I would say Tarantino or somebody that's like really into their filmmaking thing and can pull him and have him play a character in a movie. I don't star in it, but like when he shows up, because when he shows up, you're going to know who he is, right? And uh, it almost like he'd have to play against who he, who we think he would be, where it would be like, oh, wow, Prince could, you know, it's almost like Lenny Kravitz to me. He's not going to play the rock star in the movie. Like, Right. No, I, 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 I'm on the same page. I mean, just do. Okay, so even put the put the theatrical thing aside. Just do something like, and this is gonna this is gonna bring a lot of laughing. But I mean, even R. Kelly, what he did a few years ago with the whole in the closet thing. Um, sure. R. 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 Kelly knows how, knew how to market himself on the web. Maybe Prince does a series of web videos like Lisa Kudrow did, and which which became a series. You know. Just something to get his face out there. We can see him in a different, in a different milieu, if you will. Oh, milieu. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. I, I think. I mean, obviously, everybody knows who he is. I just, I just think he's just at. A, it's more so of, does he want to do it? 
you know, other than just do the tour thing, which is highly successful for him, which I don't have a problem with the tour, but I just want more music, new music. Or even, again, to answer the question, I said, I would happily take a new album of older songs. Like, I have no problem with that. You know, I, one thing that's been happening in the last year or so, we're getting little trickles of tracks, older tracks from back in the days, like in very high quality. Um, uh, some new, some different versions of, of songs. Uh, a couple things I can, I can off the top of my head, uh, like the Come album um, tracks came out. Uh, some of them wildly different than the versions that we heard. Uh, and very good. Uh, Vicky Waiting just came out a little while ago, you know, the track off the Batman album, and it had like a different guitar part in it. And it was just like, whoa. Um, uh, a song from 82, uh, Lust You Always, came out, you know, in very good high quality. And it's like, wow, okay. So I would love to even if he just, like I said, if he just, he's got enough material where he could pull out songs we've never heard and go ahead and release those. Uh, not to say that he's not hasn't always been doing that throughout his career anyway, uh, pulling songs from other years and redoing them or whatever. But uh, I just I just want something. <laughs> so... That was my kind of whole thing to bring up on this particular episode. It was just, I uh, want the new music. Um, with that, let me see if I can play just a little bit of what I'm talking about. Uh, though this is not a new song, again, I would gladly take uh, alternate versions of songs. And I know he did that with Crystal Ball. And some of them I like, some of them I didn't, but I still like that he put it out. So let's just hear a little bit of Vicky waiting. And I'm only playing it just to kind of reiterate what I'm talking about here. Let me see if this works. Ah, uh, dude, you need to let that keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Are you kidding me? Hot. That's hot. That's hot. And it's like seven minutes long. So, it, oh. you know, where it starts to fade on the album, you get to hear what was coming after that. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, you got even songs we've heard before. You got stuff they could put out, you know. Just quickly, um, to reiterate my point again, here's a little bit of uh, Lust You Always. This is actually from 82, which... 
this would have probably been out, out on like the 1999 album or something like that. Let's stop for one second. It almost sounds like it's about to go into uh, Sugar Walls. I got the same beat. Oh, yeah. I was I was thinking of something in the water. Yeah. Right, and uh, as they probably say about them in those days, oh baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so again, boy got songs we ain't even cracked the surface on. Um, so it, that was pretty much all I had for that. Um, I wanted to bring up another thing, but anybody have anything else to say about what you just heard or stuff we had just previously talked about? You know, it reminds me of what I'm the other version of, um, you know, Q brought up something in the water doesn't compute when there's another version of that that came out. Mm -hmm. I, I prefer that one over the 1999 version by Leak. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He's, go ahead. I was going to say, that's how I felt about that version of Vicky Waiting. I don't know what it is, man. I mean, all the Prince's recordings, and again, I, I, I humble myself before you guys because you guys are the Princeologists, but, uh, See, like all his recordings up until a certain point, I'll say maybe the Symbol album, I don't know. They just had a rawness to them. Uh, uh, um, that, but once they got to CD form, or once they got to, what do you say, uh, print form, they had a certain clean cleanness about them. Or, But that, that Vicky Waiting, when I, when I call back on what it sounded like on the CD versus what you just played, I just want that rawness back, man. I just that's what I want. I want the rawness. Give me that raw Fostex four track sound, man. If that's what it is, that's what I want. Definitely. Give me an album of all the old stuff. De demo form, I don't care. Yeah, that, that that's a topic for another episode because I could definitely go in on that. Uh and I, I 
pretty much agree with everything you just said. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So there, there's Prince. Uh, again, brother, if you're listening, anybody close to him, we want to hear some new stuff or just release some stuff, however you need to do it. Um, oh, you know what, Mike? Here, here's, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but sure. here's another thing i like to hear, because I think you played a track on one of your shows a year ago, maybe a couple years ago. You played a track of uh, Prince doing Joe Jones's song, um, G-Spot. Oh, yeah, yeah. That shit was slamming, man. I would like to hear Prince do all the songs, the hits that he wrote for other people. That would that be, be so good. I would be like all over that. I don't care how much it costs. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, that would be something as well. All right. Um, lastly, just the last little maybe ten minutes here. I just wanted to talk briefly uh, uh, about D'Angelo. Um, coming back into the game you know he's got jesse johnson with him uh now uh they did a show i think last month or a few weeks ago or whatever where he even had like eric leeds uh on stage for some songs and they even ended the show with a performance of my summertime thing uh which i thought was amazing uh and and uh what his Emergence, can it mean anything to R&B? Is it too late? Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to either A, see him on, uh, you know, the major thing he did on TV was the BET Awards. Um, did you guys you guys see that performance? I saw it. I didn't get a chance to see it, but I, I heard that it wasn't as impressive as people were thinking it would be. Exactly. What did you think, uh, Big Sexy? You had a chance to actually see it. You know, I like it, and I'm not really knowledgeable about D'Angelo because before I heard that Jesse was going to be playing with him, the only real in-depth knowledge I got about him was from you, and then I started listening to other things like, okay, let's see what this guy's about, and there were a few links on Facebook, actually, that I saw first where he was performing overseas with Jesse. I'm like, okay, he's a musician now. He's actually playing. This is good. So that's the vibe that I saw at BET, and I liked it, but, you know, like you said with the Essence Festival, it didn't get over, you know, with the mainstream as much as I liked it. I thought it was something new, and I would pay money to go see him if he came to, to my area. Okay. Um, you know, and just to be clear, he, he's always been a musician. Uh, he, his very first tour uh, for Brown Sugar, uh, exclusively, he only sat down at the keyboard and didn't get up the whole show uh, and played the whole thing. Uh, it was the second album where he got up and he transformed into, you know, this whole thing he does, you know, dancing and all that stuff. Uh, but now he's obviously, you know, taking the time. He's trying to learn the, to, the guitar and get really good at that. Um, you know, obviously he's probably got Jesse there as sort of a mentor as well. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of Prince ties to him. Uh, obviously he's a super Prince fan, uh, first and foremost. Uh, his tour his manager uh, or tour manager I should say is uh Alan Leeds oh. who of course is you know was with Prince for many years from 1999 to <clears throat> I believe uh Love Sexy um who was also the brother of Eric Leeds um and again you got Jesse with them uh Quest Love obviously strong ties there I was Quest Love has strong ties to Prince so it's all and obviously you hear it in his music uh I remember the first time I saw him with Brown Sugar, even though he only sat down at that piano, I could hear, I was listening, I was like, I just knew, I said, you know, this guy must be 
a major Prince fan. You can hear it in the harmonies and the way that he's uh, singing and structuring his, his stuff. It sounds like somebody who studied the music, and sure enough, he was. Um, now, here he's coming back at a time where R&B, you know, uh, the epitome of R&B would be like, uh, you know, I guess people still name Usher or, or Trey Songs or, you know what I mean? Some of these guys that I don't really, I'm not into really at all. But even Trey Songs performed at that Essence thing. And he was like, to some people, the clear <clears throat> winner performance-wise for R&B at that night, aside from uh, uh, Charlie Wilson, which I always give the crown to him. Mean, he's He's a legend in the game, but... Um, you have the offshoot. Here's what I call ushers and the guys like offshoot Bobby Brown. Uh, think they like Michael Jackson <laughs> style dudes uh, versus a guy like uh, D'Angelo who harkens back to the Marvin James Brown <clears throat> Prince musician era. But is there a marketplace for that now? Like, do people really want to see that? You know. Whoa. Oh. Hello. Hello. What the hell was that? <laughs> Somebody web surfing. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, that's 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 me. I went to the B. I went to the BT site to see if they had the uh, award show on the site. Okay. <laughs> we on the air, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to educate myself. <laughs> but uh, you know, in, in terms of you know, does the music game? Well, here's the thing, and I'm. I hate to rationalize this. Do black people, and we're all black on this thing right now, as far as speakers. Do do you think black people really want to support real music? And I hate to say real music, but I mean, you saw the reception that he he is kind of getting. But when you see him on, he's doing the tour overseas. And obviously when he does his shows, I mean, it's sold out, packed out. You know, it's heralded as this thing. I think he's at the new North Jazz, North Sea Jazz Festival this weekend or something like that, you know, and people are super excited. But here he comes back to play, you know, a, um, a traditional, traditionally black concert event with contemporaries. And the reception is, again, kind of lukewarm. Like he's not giving them what they want. Do, and so I, I'm, I'm asking a lot of questions. I guess the main one is, do we want to really respect our artists that don't fit in this mold, I guess? <clears throat> Let me go ahead and start some shit right now. <laughs> Not only do, you know, quote-unquote black audiences do this, but the same thing happens in popular music by far. You know, they're all about the pablum of Justin Bieber and Adam <laughs> fucking Lambert. You know, fuck all that. You know, it's too easy, it's disposable, it's bullshit. You know, when I was growing up, I was all about the Isley Brothers, Ohio Players, Sly Stone. And the, and the thing is, these are all groups of musicians who go out there and play. None of this Chris Brown lip-syncing bullshit. At the last Grammy Awards, uh, I started watching it, and I saw Bruno Mars, who I am not familiar with, but I watched his performance. He blew the house up. I didn't even see anything else. Then I saw Chris Brown lip-sync and dance. Fuck all that. I'm not impressed by that. So when D'Angelo comes out and says, look, this is what I'm doing, and on the North North Sea Jazz Festival and over overseas where he's being appreciated fully 
as a talented musician, and he comes back home and decides, why aren't you doing Brown Sugar? Why his, where's our title? Fuck all that. People are lazy. They need to get off their asses and learn more and be appreciative of what they have in front of them. And I said it, and fuck them. <laughs> all right. What, what's the show rated, Mike? I, well, what's... it's apparently explicit at this point. <laughs> <laughs> The podcast used to have clean in iTunes. I don't think that's the case anymore. (laughs) NC-17. I'm saying. Um, Well, hey, I agree. Only thing I would just say, and I I think I may have said this on another show, I actually give Bieber credit. That's all. No, I give him credit as a musician. I give him credit as a performer. (laughs) And the only thing I can say is go watch, if you want to, you go watch the documentary movie of his that he came out a couple years ago. Or it's on YouTube. I'm not, it's on um, Netflix. I was not a fan at all. I was bored. I wanted to see what this thing was about. I watched that movie. Uh, I I give him full credit. That's all I can say. And um, you know, if I give somebody full credit, it ain't on no BS. Yes, he's all over the media. I understand it. But if you dig a little deeper, you will see that he is there for a reason, and it ain't because it's just some fake media-driven thing. Well, the riddle is this, Batman. A couple of years ago, <laughs> he was there. You know, he did his little fruity baby, baby, baby set. Yep. And, and the new gar- Grammy artist went to hmm, Esperanza Spalding, a musician. Well, I, hey, and, and I, I don't doubt that. I'm, I'm saying that he is a musician, actually. Like, that's what I was blown away with. Like, he can play instruments. Some very well. That may not be how he's marketed, but this, I'm just saying, go you know, do the research. I'll, I'll step off. But the boy you know, the is team, cold. They get off, man. They, they need to I, off. I agree. I agree with you, but they have to do that because they're trying to make the paper. But I'm, I bet you, I will, I will guarantee you, I bet you in like 10 years after he's not that big anymore, I bet you he'll be doing strictly like the shit that he's really capable of doing without the gloss and people will be like wow i didn't really know he was cold like that all right yeah i'll be i'll be surprised if he's here in 10 years i'll just say this dude playing jazz standards as a kid and killing it now obviously they ain't gonna put that on the videos but 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 watch the movie you will see that this dude it'll blow out any of these little cats that's out here if it was just to like say here pick up some instruments and get it popping he can get it popping. That's all I'm saying. I'll leave it alone. Well, I'm just I'm I'm just saying that he may very well be a very accomplished musician, but like Big Sexy was saying, the way he's marketed, the the close I mean, I'm an older guy, you know, I got three years on you, Mike. Um, but uh I think of George Michael who came out with Wham and then he did his singles, uh he went on a solo thing with and had the huge album Faith. Yeah. And then he wanted to go and do some deeper stuff, and he came out with that uh, CD, "Life with, Live Without Listen Without Prejudice," which wasn't bad, but it tanked. So I mean, well, right. Some... But again, everybody has their time in the sun. He's not well, going no, no, to be up there twice. That, let me just let me just say my point. Justin Bieber could be a very accomplished musician. I, I don't. I'm I'm not going to argue that. But the track that he's on, he it's like he sold himself. He sold himself to the devil, and he, even if he picks up a guitar or whatever, and he tries to become be taken more seriously, not going to happen. 
Well, I disagree on, on the level of the track that he's on is the same track that every other super pop star was on. And they all sell themselves and they all fall off. Though they may be as talented and as just as great as they were in their prime, they all, Prince is the same way. And he's an accomplished, accomplished musician. But to some people and that people who see them in that way that you just pointed out, they don't see that. They know it, but they don't care. And I'm just saying, yeah, he won't be at the top. I agree with you. But I'm saying he will still be a musician. He will still be doing, I would imagine he'll still probably be doing music to a degree. It may not be that we get to hear it because we we're not paying attention. But for those who do pay attention, they will see that. Wow. Hey, did you hear that? That one song was that dude. Didn't know he could do that. Like, you know, we never really knew. I'm just saying, like, he does have all the chops that we complain that people don't have. It's just that he's not marketed that way, which is for a reason. But I'm just saying, if you dig deeper, you will see that this dude is raw. Like, there's a reason why he is big like he is. And it's not just because it's made up marketing. That's all I'm saying. Well, the time will tell because, you know, if you look at all the, uh, the, the Crack Street Boys and Instinct <laughs> back in the day. Sure. Other than Justin Timberlake, the rest of them out there, you know, selling pizzas at Little Caesars. So let's see what's happening down the line. Well, even Justin Timberlake, obviously, was a lot more accomplished than we thought was. Oh, oh uh, clearly, clearly. You know what I mean? Obviously, he, he does but have some the, chops. But the rest of them? Yeah. Again. And we don't really know that. I'm just saying they're not in the public eye, so we wouldn't really know, right? But you know what? I'm sorry. Mike, I'm going to cut you off. Are you finished? No, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was going to say, even with Justin Timberlake, um, I mean, I imagine that, that, that what was that, NSYNC was the group he was in? I imagine that some, whoever, Medina, whoever produced that group, he, the person just sat down and said, Justin, I want you to be the lead singer. If he had picked one of the other guys, whoever they are, that guy would be where Justin is now, and Justin would be selling pizzas at Goodfellas or whatever, God pops. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my point is, is that, you know, I, I, I mean, Justin Timberlake is a talented guy, but I don't know if that means that the other guys were undeserving of the spotlight as well. It's no, just, right. we just, don't just a, know. It's such a... Well, we don't know. I mean, we're all... such thinking. a factory. That's, that's my... It's such a factory. Any one of those guys could have... Because it's a marketing factory. Well, right, it is. But at the same point, there has to be some juice behind it for it to continue forward past the marketing part, which is what Justin Timberlake did, right? Obviously, you're not going to... Oh, my... Well, I mean, I'm just saying, look at the situation. NSYNC was super big, and then it became this marketing thing, right? But right. he left that, and it's only because he had the desire and the drive and the talent to go and get with uh, Pharrell and get with Timberlake. And, and let's be pretty honest, a lot of what Pharrell and Tim, they're not going to go, they're not really doing, they wasn't really working with bullshit at that time, right? They were at the top of their career and they were only fucking with people that's going to enhance what they're doing. So they could give you that hot beat, but at the same point, if you can't back that up with what you're doing, it's not going to work because not everything that they did worked. But well, obviously there was a certain talent that that guy has. I'm not saying, I'm not his fan, but I have seen performances by him where he is playing in different things. And I've seen him in the studio. The dude has talent. Whether well, we, we wish he didn't have, he wasn't at the top or not. You can't knock what he's doing. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not talented, but the proof that I, all the proof I have that a lot of it is marketing, I got two words for you. Kim Kardashian. But, but that has nothing to do with Justin Timberlake, though. No, no, but what I'm saying is that, no, Mike, what I'm saying is that 
Part of his talent, Justin is talented, but it's not all that. A lot of it is marketing. And I put, I well, point again, you could say that with anybody. As I said, you could say that with Prince. Even though we know a lot about Prince, so we can speak to, no, that's not right. But for the people who don't, just like you don't know a lot about, and I don't know about a lot about him either. I mean, we can say it's that, but we don't know. And that's what I'm saying is if you don't know the whole thing, then yeah, all we know is the marketing, right? Just like if I can, I can get in, I get in talks with people about Prince. I've know a lot about Prince. Some of, my, some of my friends that are somewhat casual, they think he's terrible. Like uh, he was hot back in the 80s, but this shit, nigga's corny. Like this shit, you know what I mean? He can't play. He doesn't da 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 da. He's not as good as others. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, you know, just because he's not on all marketed to you doesn't mean he's not any good. That, then that's my point. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but they don't know, right? It's not put into their face. They're not seeking it out. They're not doing no research. So all they can go is what? Well, then you get on the radio. Where's hits at, Nick? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's garbage. He's faggot anyway. Yeah, I mean, so again, when all you know is the marketing and the pictures, then yeah, that's all you can form a judgment on. It's not the full picture. That's all I'm saying. Even Kim Kardashian, I'm not giving her no credit. She is full marketing as far as I know. And I know, well, I do know that she knows how to a good nigga. Yeah, that's how she got put on the game. <laughs> That's how she got put in the game. That's not marketing. I mean, it's on video. That's why she's popular because she's a sex symbol. That's where she she plays her position. But that video came like years ago, and I don't think she's still coasting on that video anymore. Well, I mean, that's what got her in the game. That's all I'm saying. It got her in it, but I'm saying marketing has kept her in it. My only point is that she knows how to play marketing, but that's what she's doing. I'm not taking anything away from Justin. Uh, either uh, or Justin Timberlake or Justin Bieber or any of these young kids. I'm just saying a lot of it has to do with marketing as well. I and agree it, with you. Okay. All right. I, I didn't disagree with you on that. All right. <laughs> well, I like how you put that, Mike, because your, your premise about the marketing goes back to what your central question was about black audiences because mm-hmm. they're not being receptive to new things. They're just being pigeonholed with, you know, D'Angelo thing. All they see is D'Angelo in that video being butt naked. That's right. all they see. Right, they need right. to pass that. And his label is doing him a disservice by not, you know, showing more to him than that. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's the, the label situation more so of, you know, he has to reinvent himself. He's obviously been away for 12 years is a very long time. It's a death knell for most people. In, in in any industry and the fact that he can even come back and get you know a spot on one of the biggest tv shows and you know entertainment is a is a testament to his talent right because uh most people they laugh they're like are you are you serious <laughs> you, you only had two albums <laughs> you ain't you know what i mean so the fact that he can come back and get all this acclaim is obviously a testament that he's a very talented person and there's people who really uh love the songs that he made all those you know almost 20 years ago so it's a it, we'll see what happens you know i think um i think there's a spot for good music there's obviously a a big open space that people want to hear this sort of stuff i want to see it uh, i always think of guys like his contemporaries to me would be like a maxwell um, who's been very you know pretty successful he's had multiple albums uh, and came out after d'angelo came out um, uh, other than that, again, you got Chris Brown, <laughs> you know, Trey songs, um, Usher, 
Ooh. I just can't think of too many other right now. But, you know, that's it, it just be interesting to see. Um, he's a musician dude. You have Raphael Sadiq, who's another guy who doesn't, you know, very underrated, obviously super talented, but he's just not in the media eye. So, you know, just whatever. Uh, main condition. Um, the Roots, right? Like super talented and in the media eye, but we don't buy their music, <laughs> you know, um, and they continuously put out albums year after year. So I guess it's just a, a different time music-wise. I know we're going all over the place. So I'm going to kind of bring it home here uh, and say that uh, it's good to get back to this podcast. Um, finally got all my stuff together, so I'm ready to start doing the shows more again. Uh, I want to thank Q Storm and Big Sexy and Sack for coming in today, sticking by the shows, and uh, we're going to bring you guys a lot more stuff. But before I'm, I'm done talking here, uh, Big sexy, anything you you got to add? It's been a minute since we've been on the on the microphone. Yeah, I wanted you know, wanted to make this little little announcement today. Uh, in my legal practice here in California, I've uh, been fortunate enough to have a lot of people helping me out, and whatnot. And I was introduced to a client recently who had some had a situation, and I stepped in and helped out, helped out with it. And it turns out this client is in the music business. Uh oh. This client has worked, let me drop some names here, with George Clinton, uh, Charlie Wilson, Shaka Khan. She played at the North Sea Jazz Festival a couple of years ago. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Now she wants to start going back out with her original band. I said, okay, cool. What's your original band's name? She said, oh, I was in the Brides of Funkenstein. I'm like, what? She's all, yeah. That's me. I'm like, get out of town. And I looked into it, and it's her. Her name is Dawn Silva, and I'm going to be helping them out. So I don't nice. know what my role is, but I'll definitely be doing their legal and whatever else is needed and see if we can get the ladies back out there on tour and see uh, see what's going on. So if, if you see some shows with her and the group on it, chances are that I had a hand in it. <laughs> oh, nice, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Very, very good. All right. We'll be looking out for that. Q Storm, Mr. Multimedia Video Guy. <laughs> uh, well, you can reach me right now. You can reach me on Facebook. It's probably the best place to catch me. But uh, in the next few weeks, I'll have a new website. It will have a link to my Twitter feed, my blog site, and uh, my uh, Facebook business account and personal account. I'm trying to get multimedia like Mr. Michael Dean so, you know, I can... Uh, at least get my message out too. We'll see what happens, but uh, that's what that right now. Catch me on Facebook. All right, and somebody is yeah, you know, wind tunnel or something. <laughs> I don't think it's me. That's interesting. Well, right when you finish talking, it stops. Yeah, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in my basement office. Are you like up on the mic or something when you're talking? Like, no, not at all. Oh, that was very weird. All right, I'm just messing with you. But um, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is uh, Podcast Juice, and it's podcastjuice.net. So check us out. And um, with that, we're going to get out of here. We'll see you next time on the Prince Podcast. Peace.